In a fragmented world where anything goes, our children need a solid moral foundation that starts at home. They need you, mamas and daddies, to be the source of truth and to offer them the greatest gift of all, your time. Brave Books can help. The books included with your family subscription will bring your whole family together. You'll get a new book delivered each month that teaches on important topics such as critical race theory, the Second Amendment, and family. The books come with corresponding family activities and lessons that your family can use as a theme throughout your home and all month long. Let Brave Books help you because they've got this figured out. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code Heidi for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. Hi, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. Today is Mailbox Monday, and I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes or so answering listener questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I want to kick off today by sharing a verse with you from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. By the way, a little fun fact for you, the church at Ephesus was also pastored by the Apostle John shortly before the uh, the emperor had him exiled to the island of Patmos. And God, of course, took the pain of John and made it into one of the most extraordinary books in the Bible, the book of Revelation. I'm taking women through that book right now. If you'd like to join me, hop on into the study, you guys. It's really encouraging. You can have access to the whole thing. And uh, I teach on Tuesdays online, and you can see that in the replay, or you can join me live. So check it out at faiththatspeaks.com. That's faiththatspeaks.com. Com. Remember, our faith should be a faith that speaks. And so that's why we're studying the word together so that we can become more equipped to do what God wants us to do and to hear the sound of his voice. I'm going to jump right into your questions today. If you have a question you'd like to have answered here at the show, the best way to do that is to get a hold of me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I'd love to hear from you. Please keep your questions short and sweet and to the point. First one comes from Tez in Colorado. And she said, Heidi, how should we address females in our military? Is there a place for intelligent, strategic women with leadership abilities, or does it ultimately make our defense weak? Well, I, that's a great question. And I think that there is absolutely a place for intelligent, strategic women in leadership in our country, both in our military and in our government. Uh, you, can, you can look back over time. I mean, Deborah was a judge of Israel, for goodness sake. Uh, Margaret Thatcher was an extraordinary prime minister for the nation of, uh, of Great Britain. And I know that women have been gifted, many, many of us, in, with leadership and uh, strategy that comes from the Holy Spirit. The way that I, the place that maybe I would differ or I would, I would say I do not think women belong, and that is in combat. I think women are... Uh, very different than men. I mean, shocking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to deviate from the woke ideology here for a minute and say, you know, women are different than men. We have different bone mass. Our, our, uh, our bodies are different. Men are inherently stronger than women. And if you survey men in the military, 
and they know that a woman is out there in combat, a real man, his instinct is going to be to protect that woman who is fighting next to him, even if she is, you know, the, the, the quote unquote, you know, Demi Moore, you know, G.I. Jane or whatever you want to call her. Women do not belong in combat. I do believe we make our military weaker when they put uh, women in combat positions. I don't care how amazing you think you are. Sometimes I see women in, uh, you know, that do weightlifting and that kind of thing. And, you know, fine, you want to, you know, buffet your body and make it your slave. You know, you, you do you. But I don't think women should be on the front lines in combat in the military. I do think they are very, uh, we should have them in the military in terms of just um, strategy and obviously what you just said. Is there a place for intelligent, strategic women with leadership abilities? Yes. The answer is yes. I just don't think women belong in combat. Anonymous in Michigan. Heidi, I love your encouraging podcasts. Thank you, Anonymous. I've written to you in the past regarding my single children in their 20s who haven't met that person yet, and they're struggling to do that in this crazy world. I was listening to another mom's frustration on the topic on Mailbox Monday from Washington, and I suddenly had a thought. Maybe Heidi should start a dating site for like-minded and faith-filled 20-somethings. Okay, and I will not be doing that. (laughs) But I really love... I love that you had the idea, and I love that you thought of me. Uh, you know what my dating site consists of, at least for my children? It's Heidi St. John in prayer before the Lord. And then I'm, I'm like, Lord, bring the right person. And that's what we do. We just pray for the right person. And I think that there are some Christian, you know, there's Christian mingle and stuff out there. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to wade into the waters of the dating site even to tell you what I think about them because I feel like I'm just going to get myself in trouble no matter what I say. But uh, I did think that was funny, Anonymous in Michigan, so thank you for that. Anonymous in Iowa is frustrated about porn in our schools, and she said, I'm going to jump right on it uh, with my question, am I going crazy? I thought it was illegal to give, sell, and force pornography on our children. Why is it perfectly legal to do this inside of schools? Why aren't school districts, the NLA, being charged uh, for exposing minors to sexually explicit material well the fact of the matter is uh, it's not what they've they've gotten it into the into our libraries the libraries are the front lines i've told you that the um, the library association the national association of libraries this is an evil wicked corrupt organization i i've quit taking my kids to the library years ago because of the disgusting books that they put out on their shelves right where little kids can see them the libraries, just go to the libraries, the National Library Association, and just read what they believe. And they don't think that any book should be kept away from children. And they don't care what that book is. And it's a, just a gross attack on our children. And the same thing is happening in our schools for the same reason. A lot of the books that are coming into our schools, coming from places like Scholastic, that used to be when I was a kid, I mean, they were selling books like, you know, uh, Frog and Toad's Adventure. Well, now they're not doing it anymore. Now they're now they're peddling, you know, pornographic material and and very graphic uh, novels to little kids. And this is what's happening because of the school boards. I mean, you guys, we're going to say, you know, just go to libs of TikTok and watch, you know, do the hashtag school board meeting and see what I'm talking about. People that are sitting on our school boards are are many of them just raging leftists. So. Um, I agree with you. We do need to gear up for the battle. Uh, You guys have heard me have Karen England on the show, and I would definitely say uh, 
keep keep contacting Karen England. She's going to be coming on the show more regularly with me, but she is the Kitchen Table Activist, and you can find her at thekitchentableactivist.com. You guys, the, the reason I named my podcast Off the Bench is because I was hoping to light a fire under you to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. It does absolutely no good if I come here five days a week and record a show for you and uncover all these things that are happening and tell you what's going on in our schools. We are fighting on so many fronts right now. It is exhausting. We are fighting the evil that's coming at our children in the libraries, fighting the evil that's coming at our children in our school system. We are fighting the demonic influence of radical leftist professors on our university campuses. Even many of them are Christian universities. And we're watching our own elected officials now openly mocking uh, Jesus Christ. So this is spiritual, 100%. So the first thing we do is we pray, and the second thing we do is we say, okay, Lord, you have me here for this time in human history. It's 2023. I must be here for a reason. What's the reason? Show me what you want me to do. And then we trust that God will do it. So I appreciate you guys and your interest in wanting to get involved, but I would say definitely start there for the love of all things. Uh, support organizations that are making a difference you guys if you're able to start becoming a monthly supporter for firmly planted family you can go to firmlyplantedfamily.org and uh, sign up to give monthly we desperately need that monthly support uh, we're on the front lines of the fight for the hearts and minds of children and uh, this podcast is a great example of why it's so important to elevate voices that are getting the truth out there because it is our children and the next generation that is uh, on the chopping block right now. That's who the enemy is targeting. Uh, an anonymous listener in New York wants to know how to fight the school boards. How can you go up against a school board who caters to this whole alphabet soup community? The loudest local transgender in my community has gotten a Christian principal fired because he spoke out in his own church about homosexuality. Three years ago, I chose to homeschool my children. One of the main factors to this decision was my six-year-old was coming home questioning if he was a girl or not. The school districts are scary places for children. Yeah, you right. I've been saying this for years and years and years. And and every once in a while, you know, people will write into me and say, Heidi, you're just uh, overreacting. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not overreacting. I'm trying to wake you guys up. And I see so many of you now have woken to what is happening in the culture, the assault against our children, and it is terrifying. And if you heard my podcast on Friday, then you heard me say, you know, we've got leaders in this country now who are openly mocking people for their faith in Jesus Christ. That should alarm you because if they can come at a, at a church and go and get a principal fired from his school for having a personal belief about something that's not hurting anybody else. He was just uh, stating what the Bible says about homosexuality. Boy, I'll tell you what, you guys, uh, buckle up. Anonymous in Michigan uh, says, Heidi, my child's going to a Christian school and he has ADHD. I'm being told that they will have to have the local school come in to test him, the public school. They will not recognize the diagnosis from the doctor. My husband and I disagree. And to me, this raises all kinds of red flags. My husband loves the school and thinks it's a great idea to get the help he needs. I want to check into other schools in the area or homeschooling, but I'm getting told that we are not doing that, so I am the head of the house and I have the final say. Well, it sounds to me, you know, and obviously I don't know anything about your marriage, but any man that says, I'm the head of the house and I have the final say, absolutely misunderstands the heart of God toward headship in the home. <laughs> okay, that's not how it works. 
And you can, you can totally say that. I mean, you can do that. You can misunderstand the heart of God, right? Jesus said, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He laid down his life for her. Full stop. And I'm not hearing a husband who wants to lay his life down. I'm hearing a husband who, who's saying, you know, I'm the head of the house and I have the final say. And I suppose, you know, uh, he, you know you, you, we reap and we sow. And he's going to, you, you sow, you sow uh, wind and you reap a storm. And so I'm going to be, I'd be praying for that. That's the most alarming thing to me about this message. And of course, I realize I'm getting only one side of the story here. But I agree with you. Why does this Christian school have to have the local public school to come in to test him? Why can't the Christian school do it? I'd be looking for another Christian school. I'd be looking to homeschool. You, you guys, uh, I, so I could sit here for hours and hours and hours and tell you all kinds of alarming things about Christian schools if you would like me to, but then people get upset with me about that. Pay attention, you guys. These are your children. These are your children. I wouldn't want the public school anywhere near my kids for any, any reason. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. Anonymous in Michigan, uh, continue to pray that... Uh, God would protect your child and that he would give you and your husband consensus together to be on the same page. That's really important, probably more important than almost anything else at this point is that you guys are on the same page and that you, uh, God shows you what is the best thing to do for your child. Uh, Marina in Minnesota, where can I find sixth grade math in unschooling? Well, I have never uh, unschooled my kids, particularly not in math, because I'm too much of a chicken that way. I'm not real strong in math, and so I gave my children uh, strong math curricula to sort of make up for that. But it sounds like if you, maybe you're a mathy and you're just like, wow, I'm really good at math, and uh, you can weave math into everything. One thing that I have had several of my friends do whose kids did not love math was they looked into a curriculum called Life of Fred, and uh, I will try to link back to that in the show notes today. In fact, I'm going to write myself a note right now. But check out Life of Fred. So he teaches math, I mean, all the way up through uh, calculus. So starting, you know, very, very young, all the way up through calculus. And he teaches math in stories. And it's actually really cool. We did that with our youngest daughter. And she loved it. Life of Fred. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Uh, Heidi, an anonymous listener in Florida, needs advice about continuing to work. She says, hi, Heidi, I'm a mom of five. After having twins this last year, I plan to stop working out of the home. However, I am now at the same job working part-time, mostly from home. My work is flexible, although there's been a number of challenges that have come along with the switch. Part of me wants to stop working, and the other part of me wonders if it's wise. My husband says he supports whatever decision I make, but I wish he would share his preference on whether he prefers I work or not. So now you see the sort of you know, a, a, a very big difference between this husband who's taking a, maybe too much of a passive role and the other one who's just like, nope, I'm the king of my castle. This is the way it goes. Uh, I think it sounds to me like you've got a, a wonderful husband who is trying to just let you work this out for yourself. Um, if you don't need the money, I mean, this is where it always, where I always end up. If you don't need the money, I think the most important thing you can do right now is focus on homeschooling your children. Love your children. Treat your, your homemaking as if it were a job, because it is, and focus on that. If you need the money and it's not interrupting your home life, it sounds like it, it fits pretty good. And if, if you need the money and it's a blessing to your family, then 
uh, you know, sounds like you may have answered your own question. If you don't need it, then I would say, my goodness, you know, homeschooling is a, is a huge job all by itself. And I'd, I would encourage you to focus your energy that way. Anonymous in Oregon, what would you say to a young woman who is uh, overcoming religious trauma but wants to find her spirituality again? Well, uh, I would tell you, the first thing I would tell you to do is to remember that when you suffer you know, trauma in a church of any kind, this isn't the Lord. It's the people, right? It's the people that are sinning. I just heard, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you watching the news coming out of Kansas City, that uh, Mike Bickle, the founder of IHOP, now is being uh, accused of horrific things from actually quite a few women. I do not understand, I mean, far be it from me to victim shame, but I do not understand why these women do not come forward sooner. Why are we waiting 20, 25, 30 years and then coming forward when the guy's at the end of his career and if these accusations are correct, it should have been dealt with decades ago. And if they're incorrect, then use solely the name of a man who has been serving the Lord at the end of his career. And it just it, it makes me sad on a hundred different levels because at the end of the day, uh, these women, if it's true, these women have been hurt by a man who was sinning against the Lord and at the same time serving the Lord, right? But we've seen this you know, in Christianity for a long, long time. And we're going to continue to see it until uh, we're living in the new heaven and the new earth because we're struggling under the weight of sin down here. But I think we got to remember that it's not the fault of Christ. It's the fault of people who say that they're Christians and aren't actually walking in right relationship. God would never have his ambassadors treat you in this way. And that's always my heart is just to remind these women, you know, your, your anger is misplaced when it is, when it is uh, directed at the Lord. And so we've seen, you know, a lot of obviously spiritual abuse. I think in some ways my family experienced that a long time ago when my mom was going to the elders of, of our church and saying, hey, my husband is abusive. And they basically said, too bad, suck it up. Uh, learn how to be more submissive. And I, boy, I struggle with that. What rotten advice. <laughs> What's terrible advice coming from the so-called elders of this church. And our churches are filled with broken, flawed people. In many cases, those broken, flawed people are leaders in our churches. We need to be wise in this. But I think, you know, Christian counseling is really important. I think uh, being able to talk about that trauma and recognize, hey, there are bad people in our churches, just like there are bad people in our schools. And we live in a, in a sin-sick world. But guess what? The healer is Jesus. I grew up in a Christian home being abused by my father almost, well, my absolutely my entire life. And God's done a healing work in my life. Was it difficult? Yes. Did I struggle to come to terms with some of these things? Absolutely. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves me. And what Satan means for evil, God will use for good. What's the best, uh, what's the antidote? You're the best person to minister to a woman who's just received a devastating diagnosis of breast cancer and she knows she's going to have to undergo chemotherapy and radiation is not a woman who's never gone through that. It's the woman who's gone through it, came out on the other side and can say, you're going to be okay. I'm going to help you. And so uh, I, I, I always like to say, you know, we can, we need to work through our things, but then we also 
I want to lift my eyes heavenward. I want to lift my eyes outward so that I'm not constantly focused on myself, constantly focused on my own pain. Because when we do that, we A, we miss opportunities for growth. B, we miss opportunities to minister to God's people. And C, we become self-absorbed and we just can fold in on ourselves because of our pain. And that is not what the Lord wants. So I would tell this young woman who's struggling with religious trauma, hey, the Lord understands. God understands. And this was never, God is not pleased with this, and, uh, and it's, it was never his heart for you. And then be able to talk about it and get some help. Because like me, you can come out of this thing on the other side with a renewed heart and uh, a passion for the Lord. He loves you. He loves you. I think it's so important that we, uh, that we understand the love of God in our lives. We, we're living in such a broken world and in such a broken time. But God loves you. He sent his son because he loves you, and that love has not changed. Uh, an Apple podcast review was left on 1020, and someone said, this is my favorite conservative voice on the air. Thank you guys for that. Hey, by the way, it really helps us. Take a minute today and go over to Apple, and please leave a review for this show. Uh, if you can give us five stars and then just type a little review, that'd be great. Same thing with Amazon. If you guys can leave reviews for my books over there, boy, it really helps. Uh, I should come on here sometime. In fact, I think I will just for fun, and I'll read all the bad reviews for you, so you guys can you guys can laugh with me at those reviews as well. Jill in California, she wants some options besides nagging to get her husband involved. Uh, Heidi, where should I put my energy as a nagging wife to cultivate change in my marriage? I'm a stay-at-home mom to a toddler and a baby. My husband's a great father when he's involved, but he's constantly checked out on his phone or laying on the couch. I'm done nagging, but I also feel disconnected by his lack of involvement in our family. Is it normal for husbands to only work and do little to nothing else? Should I accept this and move on, or how can I move forward without nagging but still finding peace? That is a great question, Jill, and I appreciate you writing in about it. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, the Bible says that our husbands can be won over by the kindness of their wives and by the gentleness that we display. Uh, we know that it's easier, easier to uh, be a vessel that attracts people to Jesus Christ by our kindness than by nagging. And so that's something that you've rightly pointed. I love that you see that in your own life. There are lots of women who berate their husbands and nag them and never see that they do it. So the fact that you've seen that, you, that you're doing it is, you know, bravo. I'm, I'm golf clapping for you right now. Bravo, bravo. That's good. That's a hard thing to recognize. Uh, I think, you know, if you get opportunities to sit down with your husband, you know, trying not to do it in the moment, men need to feel respected. And one of the things that Jay has said to me over the years, you know, you guys have heard me on the podcast for a long time. I talk for a living. I can have a very sharp tongue. I can say things that are wounding. And over 35 years now that I have been uh, with my husband, he has said to me a couple of times, hey, you know, uh, uh, withdraw. <laughs> You know, step back. Your your criticism is too harsh. And men need to be respected. The Bible says wives respect your husbands. Men need to feel respected. And we do not want to dishonor and disrespect our husbands. Men need respect in the same way that women need love. And so I would encourage you to respect your husband. So be careful how you uh, address him. Do not correct him like a, like his mother would. He's not a little boy. Ask the Lord to give you the words that you need. He sounds like a wonderful husband who just needs to uh, see his place in the family as the important thing that it actually is. Men are so important. Fathers and husbands so important to the success of a family. 
And I'd be praying for him that way. God, help him to see how important it is to you that he walks with you, how important it is to our family, and then be praying for him. Maybe give him opportunities. Maybe have a couple things planned during the week where you say, hey, we're going to you know, do this with our kids or do that with our kids. It's very likely, you know, he's just coming home from after work and he's exhausted. And I can tell you guys, I mean, I we're down to just one kid at home now. We've started Friendly Planted Family has greatly expanded, so I'm here a lot. When I come home at the end of the day, I have so much more respect now for all the years of work that my husband did outside of our home where he would come home at the end of the day, and I'm dying to see him, right, because I've been surrounded by little people, been, you know, uh, yakking it up in my ear all day long. He comes in the door, and I'm like, yes, an adult, and I just want to, you know, blah, here's what happened in my day today, and uh, and I could tell he was tired. A lot of times when I come home, especially if I've been in the studio all day or I'm doing interviews for other people's podcasts or uh, you know, having staffings or whatever, when I come home, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit on the couch and veg or, you know, let the voices in my head stop talking to me or whatever it is. And so I have a lot more compassion and a lot more empathy for uh, people who work full time and then come home to, you know, busy households and that kind of thing. And that also is a sacrifice. So I just encourage you, Jill, just be praying. Love your husband well. Love him well. What does it look like for you to love him? And uh, ask the Lord to give you opportunities to speak into his life in a way that is life-giving to him and good for your family. That's all I've got time for today, you guys. I love the questions that you write into us with. Keep doing that. And we'd love to hear more from you. You can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. That's where that form is. We have thousands and thousands of uh, questions in there. And that's how you get to the queue. If you'd like to support this podcast financially, the best way to do that is to become a subscriber. And fun fact, it also gets rid of those pesky ads on Spotify by becoming a subscriber. And it helps me too. So you can do that by simply going to Spotify and clicking on the subscribe button. And then every once in a while, I will be doing extra podcasts for podcast subscribers. But it's a great way, really, for you to support this show and to say thank you. Uh, if the show is a blessing to you. If you'd like to support Firmly Planted Family, you can head on over to firmlyplantedfamily.org. And I hope you guys will visit our sponsors. I hope you'll visit mypillow.com. As I said the other day, they're having a really awesome mattress sale. And a portion of that comes back to the Heidi St. John podcast. So if you go to mypillow.com and use the promo code Heidi, uh, you'll get that 50% off discount. Any of the sponsors that we have on this show uh, really does help us when you give them your business as well. So really practical ways that you can help support the ministry. Of course, we appreciate your prayers and we are praying for you also. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hop on over and find me at the Faith That Speaks community. I'm working my way through the book of Revelation and I love to have you join me. Believe it or not, it's an encouraging thing to study the Bible and see that God has a plan and that plan will be fulfilled. You guys, love your people well today. Get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, and I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.